Lighthouse Live is pre-recorded before a live audience. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you, Pastor Mike Douglas here. Welcome to Lighthouse Live. So good to have you with us, along with our co-host and producer, Elaine Harlan. Elaine, it's here we are. Great. Another week, Mike, Another and Another week. Exciting. And, you know, one. Of, I think one of the most important programs of the year uh, tonight, yes. as we look at issues of uh, elders. And, you know, I was complaining... You know, a week or two ago, that you know, I'm, 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 thank you. I'm, I'm hitting the half century mark this year, but you know, that organization that shall remain nameless already sent me stuff about, yeah, yeah, we won't name the initials, but you know, doggone it, I'm not there yet. So anyway, but uh, I I guess they, they for those of us who are already there, we can't say that right. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Just a reminder, friends, you know, great opportunities to reach out and serve the needs Mm -hmm. of the community. You can find out about those daily on our website at www.vibrantcommunities.org. That's vibrantcommunities.org. Or give us a call, 209-544-9571, 209-544-9571. If you're in the local area here in uh, Stanislaw County and uh, San Joaquin County, why, Elaine would be happy to match mm-hmm. you up with some opportunities to serve. And by the way, those of you in outlying areas, uh, we enjoy coming and sharing our story. We're not into franchising what we do, but we certainly come out to you what we do, how we do it. We'll even give you the search engine that we developed for hooking up people with opportunities to serve. Just give us a call. Check out our website. We'd be happy to do that. Before we go on, though, let's check the international scene with our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. The Voice of the Martyrs presents The Overcomers. Police in Cuba raided a home and confiscating Gospels of John and a small printing press. On that Sunday morning in the city of Calon, five plainclothes secret police entered the house. Claiming they were subversive and dangerous, the police hauled away the gospel materials and printing press. Police then interrogated Pastor Alicia Rodriguez Metos for his involvement in the evangelism they deemed very dangerous. Threats of demolition to house churches have never been so high in Cuba. Christians often fear to gather for worship. Pray the Cuban officials will see the word of God as powerful and life-changing, not dangerous and subversive, and will experience the eternal freedom only God's word can bring in the midst of tyranny. Call 888-477-0085 to learn about the Voice of the Martyrs' work with those who suffer for Christ and ways you can help, or log on to persecution.com. And back with you live here on Lighthouse Live, Pastor Mike Douglas with you and our uh, host, 
and uh, producer Elaine Harlan with us. And uh, just a reminder, friends, for those of you listening during the week on our podcasting network uh, or on the Internet or listening uh, to us on the air on the broadcast waves uh, on Saturday, we'll be at First Baptist Church in Modesto on Sunday morning at 9 a.m. and 1045. Love to have you come out and and join us. Uh, And and again, we're uh, just just very, very grateful and honored Mm, to Pastor Wade Estes and his crew for inviting us. And we're looking towards a great morning. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, yeah, looking forward to connecting even more people with opportunities to serve uh, in their neighborhoods. Elaine, uh, you know, one of the most... uh, I guess one of the greatest friends that, that we have uh, is Brad Dacus of the Pacific Justice Institute. And this, you know, it, it's almost unconscionable. We just listened to uh, this uh, Voice of the Martyrs uh, uh, update this week about police coming in and arresting people. And we think, well, that'll, that'll never happen here in America, right? Well, believe it or not, a pastor in Orange County was just playing some Christian music in a park and, well, Let's have Brad update you on the rest. Here we go. Brad Dacus, welcome back to Lighthouse Live. And, uh, you know, in a country where we're supposed to have uh, free speech and freedom of religion, here's a very interesting case down in Orange County, a pastor playing Christian music in a public park, yet arrested. <laughs> Tell us what's happening with that. Oh, I tell you, this is a, just a travesty what, what took place. Uh, pastor Azim Shariat uh, originally was from Iran, and he's lived in the United States for 30-plus uh, years as a U.S. citizen. Well, in 1981, he converted from Islam to Christianity, and uh, as a pastor, he loves to share his faith. So uh, at the Persian New Year's Festival uh, in a public park in Orange County, uh, he attended it, uh, like like uh, tens of thousands of others, uh, people celebrating, and uh, he went ahead and brought a portable radio cassette player and played some Christian music, and other people were playing their music. But some um, in, intolerant Muslims, uh, who were very predominant there at that event, uh, heard his music and singled him out and had him forcefully arrested uh, by the police and um, and, uh, and mistreated considerably, physically mistreated uh, in the whole process. So the police dropped their charges, but uh, Pastor you know, Shariat uh, realizes that, uh, that this uh, should not happen to, again to anyone in, uh, in America. And so he went ahead and filed a lawsuit and... With the Pacific Justice, who were asked by their attorneys to uh, file an amicus brief. Brad, what will that lawsuit accomplish? Uh, will, you know, will, will it make a statement? Uh, what, what will be the fallout from that? Well, religious intolerance is not confined to the, the dark corners of the world like mm-hmm. uh, of Islam. It's it's also on the prowl in Orange County and California and places like that. And, and you know, we are hopeful that the Court of Appeals will will heed the warning signs and vindicate Pastor Shariat and also just send a loud message to people um, in everywhere, including law enforcement, that uh, you can't single out Christians uh, and give preference to other religions, uh, ha- as we have seen has become so much the, the commonplace in, uh, in the name of political correctness. Well, Brad will watch that progress with interest. Just a reminder, friends, you can contact Brad and the Pacific Justice Institute at one triple eight three zero five nine one two nine. That's one triple eight three zero five nine one two nine. And and Brad, you know your website just gets better and better. You really have a, a awesome awesome resource there at pacificjustice.org, and we just encourage folks to log in there and support you not only in prayer but in uh, financially as well. Brad, thanks so much, and we'll look forward to talking to you in about a week or so and uh, getting an update. Thanks again, Michael. It's always a pleasure.
And back with you live here on Lighthouse Live. In a few moments, the Stanislaw Elder Abuse Prevention Alliance will be here. We'll talk about uh, some important issues. And, you know, friends, if you have a, uh, a recordable uh, device right now, now's the time to put in a, a CD or a tape and uh, because this one's going to be a keeper. If you would like a copy of the important information that uh, we're going to give you uh, in just a few moments, you're welcome to give us a call, and we'll be happy to send you out a CD. Again, just give us a call at 209-544-9571. That's 209-544-9571, and we'd be more than happy to send you a copy. Mm-hmm. Let's take a quick look at the volunteer list from the United Way, some opportunities for us to think about volunteering with the Haven Women's Center of Stanislaw County. You can assist victims of domestic violence, and uh, volunteer opportunities include working with a trauma response, answering the crisis hotline there, and the support group facilitators with the child care and lots of need there. That's one of the partner organizations that we uh, partner with here at ABC. Yes, they do. And also the Modesto Pregnancy Center, uh, assisting women facing unplanned pregnancy. And they're going to be conducting uh, an orientation on Monday, the 13th of February, 6.30 p.m. And it's followed by a training on Tuesday and Thursday evenings from 6.30 until 9 p.m. Volunteers are needed to uh, help out in the office with clerical kind of duties, answer telephones and greet clients. And the Modesto Pregnancy Center, of course, is a medical clinic offering pregnancy testing and verification, uh, confidential options, counseling, and support to women who face unplanned pregnancies. And finally, the YMCA of Stanislaw County, helping to build strong kids, strong families, and strong communities. They need uh, volunteers to help supervising children, participating in games, reading books, and helping with art activities and all sorts of fun. Now, the YMCA putting Christian principles into practice through programs that build healthy spirit, mind, and body for all. And we would encourage you to uh, call the United Center, and their number is 209-524-1307, extension 113. That will put you directly through to Barbara Borba, 209-524-1307, extension 113. And they'll be happy to answer any of your questions about volunteering with uh, any of these partner agencies. And, of course, you can always feel free to call us here at AVC anytime as well. Well, our guests this week are two delightful ladies, and we are just privileged uh, to partner with them from SEPA. And, again, that is Stanislaw Elder Abuse Prevention Alliance. Now, that's that a ma- That like is a mouthful. Ten times but wait, like, if, if, that's not, <laughs> if that's not enough, try Ombudsman. Now, that's, that's another one that will get you. But, at any rate, we want to just extend at this time a very warm welcome. Welcome to Pat Fanazia and Delaine Olson. Welcome, ladies. Thank, thank you. you. Oh, thank nice you. to be here with you. Well, it's yes. great for you to join us. Now, Pat, we met you about a year ago. You were sharing with the pastors of the city at that time. And just uh, it was an informative meeting, a uh, very insightful one. And uh, if you could just explain to us a little bit about the SEPA program that you have. And uh, let's just be informative tonight. Thank you. Well, SEPA is a group of uh, public servants here in town. We go to the DA's office, Adult Protective Services. All the community services have gotten together and formed this organization. The Ombudsman Program, uh, actually, we're under the Department of Aging. And we're part of SEPA, but we are uh, not really SEPA. We're part of SEPA. 
What we do is we go out and we do the trainings, the mandated reporter trainings, and that's part of what we were doing with the pastors. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go to the banks. Anybody that's a mandated reporter, which would be banks, fire departments, sheriff's department, police departments. Um, oh, boy. You know, Pat, j- just to go back and, and frame this very quickly, when we talk about mandated reporters, mm-hmm. just for those who may not be familiar with the term, for example, uh, if uh, if a pastor uh, is uh, has become aware of a child who has been abused, you know, there are certain regulations, uh, certain laws that require that pastor to report uh, certain things, same things for a, a physician, and, and we just mentioned that mm-hmm. bankers now have that same responsibility. Mm-hmm. So uh, this this also uh, applies in the realm of elders. Now, let's talk right. in terms of, uh, and of course, our, our predecessor, the inimitable Mr. Al here, yes. is going, oh, don't. Don't get too close to you know the fifties mark here, but uh, when we talk about elders, what are we talking about in terms of of an age group? Here? Okay, with me, uh, it's sixty and over. You're safe, Al. Okay. <laughs> For a while. Well, <laughs> uh, we also work with any of the uh, mentally uh, undeveloped. Yes. If there's a crime against them or an abuse against them, mm-hmm. then we have to go out and investigate that. But we're basically, the ombudsman part of this is we're basically 60 and over and somebody in a facility, which would be assisted living facilities or skilled nursing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's primary my position. We are a volunteer-based organization as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we run on volunteers. The wonderful people who go out and do that for us, believe me. We have 84 facilities in Stanislaus County. Uh, 20 of those are skilled nursing facilities and 64 of those are assisted living. We don't do the room and boards. We do anything that's licensed through community care licensing or the mm-hmm. Department of Health. In that capacity, we do just about everything and anything that helps a senior. We deal with all types of abuse, um, helping them with their finances. A lot of times they're confused. We work a lot with spouses who have to put a spouse in a facility, which Mm -hmm. is family members, the same thing. It's a hard thing to do. It's a difficult task, and we try to be supportive and help them do that. Um, We also work with the Alzheimer's and dementia. Uh, We have facilities that are strictly for Alzheimer's and dementia, but most of them today take both. (laughs) We do a lot of financial abuse. That's one of our number one right now. That's crimes what you were against saying. Seniors. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's it really is. interesting. Isn't it? Uh, and we kind of relate that back to, as we were talking earlier, the little piece of property in the little ranch that wasn't worth much 20 years ago is a million-dollar property mm, today. Yes, wow. exactly. And so that just sets them kind of up. Now, when we talk about financial abuse, uh, are, are we talking about family members or or close friends maybe taking advantage of naivete? And, and, and yeah. yeah, it's really sad to say, but the biggest problem we have is family members mm-hmm. taking from the seniors. Mm-hmm. We also have the caregivers who start off being nice people and caregivers to them, maybe in their homes, and follow them in. Uh, I always say people think abuse ends when somebody goes into a facility. Mm. Believe me, it doesn't. Mm. That same abuse will follow them right into a facility mm-hmm. because we're mainly talking either caregivers or family members who are doing these crimes against seniors. Uh, as we were talking a little bit earlier, too, a lot of times a senior has maybe one son, one daughter, one sister, one brother. They don't want to report that person because that's the only connection they have. Right, right. Uh, they're afraid. 
they're really afraid that they're going to lose that person. And so another thing they do is the old, let's hide the money, and then I can go in there and I don't have to pay everything because I don't have any money. Well, that doesn't work because uh, there's a three-year look back that they can go back and find out where that money went. What I find is give it to the kids, the kids think it's theirs. Mm-hmm. And so then we have to go back and we have to say this, you know, you've got to pay your folks. If they're in a facility where they have to pay private, which the um, assisted living, that's all private pay. Mm-hmm. When they get into skilled nursing, a lot of these folks will go on to long-term care, Medi-Cal. But they still have a share of cost. And a lot of the financial abuse comes from the families or the caregivers not turning in that money and spending it. Wow. And then we have large amounts of money that are due. You know, we were talking about the word um, elder and, and what that means. Pat and, and Delaine Olson also with us tonight. Do we all understand and agree the word abuse? We, it's a common, right. commonly used word in our yeah. society. And maybe speak to that. I think know. people, yeah, there's so many different forms of abuse. Um, it might be a word that maybe is overused or not used enough. Mm-hmm. What is abuse? Well, abuse, and I'm in my book, is if you're not taking care of them when you're supposed to, if you don't provide the needs that they need, even if they're in a facility, they're still going to require their personal needs, they're going to require their clothing. Neglect and things like Neglect, that. Neglect, yes. that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, people who will go in and still abuse in there. If you've got somebody that's been abusing them at home, it's not unusual for them to go in and still berate that person or give them a bad time while they're in a facility. The money end of it comes from paying the bills. And that's how it usually comes to me. Uh, the bill's not paid. It's two or three months overdue. Mm-hmm. Then I'll start looking into why isn't it being paid. And they've taken the money and spent it on themselves instead of paying a share of cost on the family member. Delaine Olson also joining us. And Delaine, you wanted to, you look like you wanted to say something there. <laughs> Jump right in. Yes. Um, I just wanted to say the typical definition of abuse is, we probably all know, it's the physical, it's verbal, it's mental, mm-hmm. it's self-neglect, which some people f- don't realize that's abuse. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the financial um, that we're seeing right now. Um, those are all forms of abuse, and, and definitely um, seniors are um you know, among the the victims of all of that. So, and I would imagine with with the baby boomers uh, now aging that this is going to become more and more and more mm-hmm. of, of of an issue. Mm-hmm. How do these uh, cases come to you? I would imagine you probably have a couple of different pathways that they're mm-hmm. going to give us some sense of how you're made aware of some of these abuse issues. Well, mine come to me from the facilities basically because that's my territory. Mm-hmm. The lanes come for all kinds of reports on the outside. I, mm-hmm. I think you get them from. Uh, what APS? Do you get from them as well? I I get them from all agencies. I get them from neighbors. I get them from family members. Um, I am um, I'm not a part of Adult Protective Services, who actually takes those reports and and um, investigates them as Pat does as an ombudsman. She investigates inside facilities, inside licensed facilities. Adult Protective Services investigates everything outside facilities in private homes. And, um, but however, I do get, um, reports of abuse and I do pass them on to Adult Protective Services or I would, the ombudsman, if it was someone in a licensed facility. We have folks who go home from, uh, facilities and a lot of times they're going to need home services. And so I'll refer those to Delane because she's the caseworker is going to go out to the house and see what services they Mm -hmm. need and help them. Mm -hmm. 
a lot of times we'll have a crossover. One thing about Stanislaus County, and I got to say this, all the community works together. We don't have jealousy amongst agencies here. We work really well together. (laughs) A lot of times we overlap. A lot of times cases who have been with uh, Adult Protective Services will go into a facility. They will contact me, or maybe a family member will say that they've been in Adult Protective Services. We all work together. If I have somebody leaving a facility that's going to go home, and we're not really sure about the discharge because maybe at one point there was abuse going on in that house, I can do a telephone call to APS, and they will go out and do a follow-up to make sure that person is safe and things are where they should be, which is a lot of what Delane does. She's in the home. Some wonderful resources, as you yeah. were saying, and it's good to know that we're, we're working together and exactly. uh, toward, toward the same goals, hopefully. And, you know, thinking about the abuse that you see and, and things that are phoned into you, Delaine, um, you hear about these things. We can turn on the, the local news and just see horrendous accounts of things going on, and it just literally uh, breaks your heart. And, and you think about the elder abuse that's taken place in the institutions, as you were saying, Pat. Where does that stand nowadays? Aren't they really cracking down on some of these places that we read about? We are. I think all the agencies are working together to stop mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. But it's just a huge problem. Yeah. Um, you get caregivers who are abusive. These are the people who are supposed to be taking care of them. And they can get abusive. Uh, verbal. We have verbal. We have sexual. We have... Uh, people who, and there's all kinds of ways to abuse a person. You know, silent punishment can be one of the mm-hmm. worst. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody might be a cranky or not feeling good, and you just don't talk to them. You leave them alone. They're last to get their medications. They're last to get their food. They're, these are silent punishments. And these are things that not only happen in facilities, they happen in homes. They have found folks in homes that are locked in back doors, you know, mm-hmm. the, the wow. rooms, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, not fed, not cared for, not cleaned. Um, I had one lady, i got to tell you the story because I think it's so cute. Mm-hmm. When I first went in to see her, she was a lady who had dementia. And all she kept saying to me was, 57 Chevy pickup, 57 Chevy pickup. So I thought, she must really be an old car buff. <laughs> so when I got through talking to her, I talked to the administrator, and I said, She's so cute. She talks about her 57 Chevy pickup. And she said, oh, no, Pat. She lived with her son and his girlfriend. And when they would get angry with her, they would take her outside and lock her in this old Chevy pickup. So this is what this poor little thing was trying to tell me. That was her punishment. Lock her outside, you know. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable stuff, as as you've seen and you've heard. And and you take a look at these people who are committing these things against the elderly and and children or wherever the abuse may be uh, taking place. But tonight we're thinking uh, specifically of the elderly uh, population. What kind of people are behind this? And, and we have to think, don't we, about the cycles of abuse? And, 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 and what do we do about that? What's being done? What can be done? And, and maybe address that. Well, I think, you know, we work really close, like I say, with the other agencies. If I have problems that should go to the police department, I turn them over to the police department, and they go out and they investigate. Uh, we can go as high as the attorney general's office if we have a complaint that we want to turn in against them. Uh, on the facilities that any complaints that are not being rectified or taken care of, that goes a report to the licensing. And then the licensing goes out and they can levy fines against the facilities for not doing what they're supposed to do. I will say, though, that 
I think we're just really fortunate here because in the outlying areas, some of the conferences and stuff I go to, I find that there's problems out there that we're not experiencing here. Mm. And I think it's because of groups like SEPA, like uh-huh. Delane, uh-huh. like APS, DA's office, uh-huh. police department, fire department. We all work together. And I think that makes a big difference in bringing down the level of abuse that we have. Uh, I think, you know, we're seeing family members who maybe were into alcohol, drugs, that type of stuff. Um, that they're, They may be turning 40 now, but they're not as healthy and as well as they should be. Um, maybe they lived with mom and dad up until they got placed in a facility. Now there's no income for them. What I would imagine, too, that uh, if there had been... And this may be a small, uh, you know, piece of the pie. But if there had been a cycle of abuse mm-hmm. in the child's life from mm-hmm. the adult who is now an elder, That's right. that uh, that becomes a generational thing, and, and mm-hmm. we can see the the children kind of coming back and That's and true. revisiting. Very hard yes, to break that chain, isn't that. it? It is very definitely. Yeah, we were just talking about the fact that. Um, I'll visit people in their homes, and to all intents and purposes, they are isolated and alone. And then um, in questioning them, I'll find out they'll have four, five, six adult children somewhere in the county, you know, ten minutes away. Mm. And there's no contact, I mean, for years. And you just have to wonder, you know, what happened in that family at an early life, you know, that all those children would turn away from a parent. So I think you're right. I think there, you know, it is a cycle that happens. Well, I would imagine, uh, Pat, uh, with your expertise with the facilities, that some children think, well, mom or dad is in the facility, now my job is over. Mm-hmm. And really not. No, you no. Know, there, there's a tremendous uh, uh, job that's involved there, you know, where, where that contact needs to be made and where someone can be very, very lonely and, and really uh, die physically and mentally just from the lack of visits. You know, I've, yeah. I've gone out on many, uh, <clears throat> many visitations when I was on staff at one of the local churches here, and you'd go out and you meet with some of these folks, and, you know, when was the last time that... You know, a family member came by about six months ago or, Mm -hmm. you know, in some cases a year ago. It's just a a tragedy. And these people are not living, you know, three or four states away. They're, you know, 30, 40 minutes away, perhaps. Yeah, it's uh, depression. Yes. It's a big Mm -hmm. thing. You know, some of these poor folks, they're very depressed in there. And they're really, we don't, I don't think we really have enough trained people who are going in and talking to them. Yeah, we Mm. get them. We have senior access team that goes out and evaluates them. And yes, they get put on drugs. And, but it it stops there because there's really no continued counseling. Uh, There's some, but we need a lot more. Uh, Nobody's talking about what's going on in this person's life. Mm. The staff in the facilities, they're not trained to do that, and they're, you know, they're limited as well. So we do have a lot of folks out there who suffer from depression and loneliness, and sure. I think that generates um, behaviors mm-hmm. in them, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But it's, sure. you know, and I think, too, when we have folks who are in the Alzheimer's area, which we have a lot of that, according to... But medical stuff I've been told, it seems like they stop at a certain point in their life, and this is where they're going to be living now. Maybe at that point in their life, things were not good for them. Mm. And so they're acting up now because they're acting through that part of their life. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of reasons for mm-hmm. the way people mm-hmm. act up. and mm-hmm. But I think depression is, is a big one. We it's see true. it, too, and it's a very sad thing. Mm-hmm. And these things that are occurring with our aged, aged population, uh, our elderly people, and they're just precious, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not anything new, is it? No. 
know. Or is it just now that we're taking a look at it and we're, we're you know, it's coming to light and we're, we're, we're honestly, you know, facing it head on and saying, you know what? We've got a serious problem here. Mm-hmm. We do. And I think the population is growing. You know, the senior population is growing. There's just so many people. And now we're, everybody's looking forward to all the baby boomers who are hitting 60. Uh, we also have the folks who live on the streets right. who are yes, turning right. 60. You know, and what do you do with those folks? They have a lot of illnesses. Right. You know, but there is more of an awareness. You're right. You know, programs like SEPA that are going out mm-hmm. and educating mm-hmm. and informing the public about elder abuse, um, more people are likely to pick that phone up and make those reports mm-hmm. and call those agencies. So I think the numbers are going up for that reason also. Right. And having someone safe to talk to, mm-hmm. someone that you can trust. Mm-hmm. These people need someone, don't they, mm-hmm. to confide in many times? Very much. Well, our volunteers are really good about that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, all the volunteers, and I need a whole bunch more. So anybody interested, I'm happy <laughs> well, to talk to them. You came to the right place. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, they'll get attached. You know, they'll yes. get attached. And sure. they can't wait for that volunteer to walk in so they can tell them their troubles. Maybe it doesn't really, mm-hmm. it's not really a problem, but it's somebody who's listening, somebody who's talking. And we right. take every one of their complaints seriously because you never know. Right. And sometimes it's been a while since they've had someone to yeah. listen, yeah. someone that they can talk to and, and just say, hey, I what's going too, on? I think, too, what we kind of overlook when we say that the family's not with them. You take somebody in their late 80s, early 90s, their children are in their 70s. Yeah, maybe they're right. disabled mm-hmm. or maybe mm-hmm. they have six spouses. So there's a lot of reasons. It's not right. just not wanting to a lot of times sure. they can't well i think that's important you know we we cited some examples of where families may have abandoned and we don't want to give the picture mm-hmm. that it is all bleak you know there are some wonderful people out there who you know understand the way god kind of set up the family and that we're responsible mm-hmm. for taking care of our parents and we do in fact we had uh, an organization in not too long ago uh, that provides respite you know, mm-hmm. care for the yes. caregiver. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's a major Boy, thing because is, I, and I'm sure it? as you've seen that the caregivers yeah. just get worn out and tired and, and they need a break too. And they sometimes some they die before the patient uh-huh. <laughs> because uh-huh. they are so exhausted. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's really? a statistic that is, yeah, it's very obvious mm-hmm. that the caregivers usually get sick and die before the the person they're taking care of because they aren't taking care of themselves. Mm, so a, a huge worn need. out. Indeed yeah. it is. But you're right about families. There are some really good families and adult children that um, care about their, fa- their, their aging parent and mm. take care of them. Um, I get phone calls sometimes from out of state from a concerned adult child about a parent in this county mm. um, hearing things on the phone in the phone conversations and um, being really concerned and saying, what can you do? Because I don't want to move my mom and dad. They love it where they're at. They're, mm-hmm. That's their community. That's their support. You know, I could move them back to Idaho where I'm living, you know, but I don't want to do that to them. Is there something, you know, that you can do there? And there are a lot of services in this county where we can put in place to keep that person in their home. So Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's amazing because we do... I mean, we're out in the community for years. We have these senior programs, and we, we think we've kind of flooded everything down with all the information, and there's still a whole bunch of people who don't have the information. Sure. Mm, yes. You know, Joy Williams sings our song this week, and as she says in the lyrics, to anyone who hides behind a smile, to anyone who holds their pain inside, maybe to anyone who thinks they're not good enough, to anyone who feels unworthy of love, sad, huh? To anyone who ever closed the door, closed their eyes and locked themselves away. Here she is with Hyde on Lighthouse Live. Anyone who hides behind a smile 
Joy Williams and Hyde on Lighthouse Live, along with Pastor Mike and Elaine and two delightful women from the Stanislaw Elder Abuse Prevention Alliance, also known as SEPA. We have Pat Fanazia and Elaine Olson with us. And just covering a topic tonight that uh, is not a real pleasant one to think about. In fact, it's just downright horrendous uh, at times when we think about our elderly population and just the horrible uh, crimes that are committed against them, the abuse and the neglect, and uh, just just thinking about them being unloved and no one to talk to and, and feeling like they have to hide. That just, that just ought to just make us sick in our soul, don't you think? Yes, it does. And uh, you ladies have some uh, uh, wonderful things uh, planned, and you, and you want to talk about some things coming up and, and uh, lots more information. We were talking a little bit during the song about some scams and things that happen uh, to our elderly population. You want to speak to that a little bit, Pat? Yeah. In fact, we have, this is the fifth year that the banks in the Stanislaus County are putting on Safe Banking Seminar, and it's uh, March 10th. And it's at the First Baptist Church on 12th and Needham. And it's free to seniors. And what that is, it's trying to help seniors to avoid the scams, trying to help the people from taking their money. We can tell you stories where one classic example of a banker calling me. And they are not the easiest person to commit to calling, but they're mandated <laughs> reporters now. You know, So we tell them we're not going to say where it came from. But i got to tell you, I got a bank call, and she said, you got to come here because this lady is taking out a large amount of money. Mm. So we went, and sure enough, she had wiped out her account. Wow. And uh, when I asked her why she did that, she said, well, I said, how are you going to pay your rent next month? And she said, well, I won't be here next month. And I said, why? She said, because I'm going to go out in the street so the cars can kill me. Oh, wow. Well, what that did, it saved, it put us on to the alert that she was suicidal, mm-hmm. or thinking about suicide anyway. And we were able to watch to see that the money got put back in the bank. So these things do work. They, they do work. The scams are just major. Mm-hmm. Um, Everything from telephone scams to yeah. what? I read one article where it said that they actually check the obituaries. Mm-hmm. And if you read the obituaries, it says that she's probably the only lady living here now, and they've been here all this year, so that's kind of a setup. Uh, Delane can tell you about a gentleman who actually came to speak at the SEPA luncheon. Mm-hmm. He um, he was really embarrassed um, that he fell for this scam. Um, but once he got it taken care of, he realized that um, it was more important that he come and speak to other seniors so that it didn't happen to them. But he um, received something in the mail from out of the country, and they said they were sending him some money, and he was to put it into his bank account. And then they were going to give him some names and have him send some checks to these names. And for his trouble, he would make a couple hundred dollars. Well, this is a man who didn't have much in his bank account to begin Mm. with. Um, and was saving because he had uh, a new great-granddaughter in Washington State he wanted to go see. And um, as it turned out, of course, it was a big scam, and his bank account was cleaned out, and the bank got involved. They called us, and um, we got the district attorney involved and law enforcement, and he was able, you know, to um, recoup some of his losses, but... He, the most important thing was, like I said, he was so embarrassed that he fell for mm-hmm. it because he thought of himself sure. as a very intelligent person. Right. And um, he just felt the need after that to come forward and speak to other seniors. He's been up in Sacramento and has talked up there to um, legislature 
And uh, so he's just really, you know, determined, you know, to help other seniors. Good for him. Bless his heart. You know, when you think about it, we come from a generation, and I'm old, so I can tell you this. You're not old. Where (laughs) a handshake was at your word. Mm. That's right. That was your word. You didn't need documents or papers. So you got some really trusting people out there who most of their lives were as good as their word. And so they believe these things that are being told to them. They honestly believe it. Okay, this guy says, I want a million dollars. I'm going to send $5,000 to get my million, you know, because they believe him. And this is how they end up getting them. They get them for a lot of money before they even realize. An embarrassment. Yes. Mm -hmm. We had one where the wife had sent the money off and then was afraid to tell her husband, so she kept sending money (laughs) because she was now in trouble, you know. they know how to work them. They really know how to work them. Well, ladies, one of the reasons that we so much appreciate what you're doing mm-hmm. is that uh, a lot of our clientele are, are elderly and or disabled. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to bring uh, Gentleman John in here. A and, project uh, foreman, <laughs> John Engel, our ever-ready buddy. He yes. He's a project foreman here at Advancing yes. Vibrant Communities. And, uh, John, you're out there in the field every day. And, and uh, you know, again, without using names, can you just tell us some of the things that you've seen as uh, you've been contacting um, some of these elderly uh, people out in the field and, and just tell us some examples of, of what you've seen well first of all I, I, I just commend you ladies yes. for the program that you have and what you're doing this is the most gargantuous horrendous crime to children that are innocent to senior citizens they're innocent they're innocent because they're not able to do for themselves I could speak with authority, close to 70 years old, I know a little bit about the problem. And you're not able to get out and get on the ladder, you're not able to do the jobs around the house, so who's going to do them? Well, if you have a son or a daughter or a family, and, and most everybody has some kind of a family, you would suspect that they would be available. I don't know how to do this job, but by golly, we'll find somebody that knows how to do it. Mm-hmm. Well. We'll find somebody that knows how to get the job done. And it's not the case. They're not around. And when I go out, that's the first thing I ask. Mm-hmm. Do you go to church? Oh, yes. Why am I here? Where's your church? Well, they don't do that. And I'm speaking about moms and dads that have mm-hmm. toilet problems, that the doors don't shut, and mm-hmm. the stairs are falling down, and the ramps are got holes in them and et cetera, et cetera. It just goes on and on. Do you have a family? Oh, yes, we certainly do. And we have a son and a daughter. Well, where are they at? Well, they're just working all the time and they're very busy. They're very busy. And basically, they don't want to tell me my son just doesn't want to come around except when it's time to get a little dinero. Mm -hmm. And my daughter, she's too busy doing this and doing that, and they have their own lives, and they have families, and that's true. We have families, we have responsibilities, and it's tough just to get by from day to day. Mm -hmm. It's difficult. Mm -hmm. But by golly, when you've got mom or dad that have looked after you, have taken care of you, that are no longer able to hang on to the plow, they need some assistance. They need somebody to come up alongside of them. That's true. Say, Dad, Mom, I don't care how you got here. I don't care what the problem is. We're going to get you out of the ditch. We're going to do something. And the atrocities that happen, 
the the it, it it just takes it wipes a smile off your face for all the joy that there is in the world. One day Jesus Christ will come back. When He's coming back, we don't know. But when He comes back, look out! I don't want to be in the same county with these people that have taken advantage of children and senior citizens, like they are in the mobile home parks and et cetera, sure. et cetera. That's so true. what you're doing to bring it a focal point to people yes. to teach them, a lot of these people don't understand. We come from I'm seventy. Come from the Trusting generation. Where your the word handshake. is good. That's yes. right. The That's handshake. Right. handshake. Exactly. Like you were saying. Exactly. My words, my bond. Exactly. Dad, mm-hmm. that doesn't fly anymore. Mom, yeah. that went out with spats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's just no, it's not. True. And and they don't understand how they. You're not going to try to make them understand. Mm-hmm. What we're going to try to do is look out them, and that was that's one of our jobs. Look after your brother and sister, not jump your brother and sister. Yeah. Look after your brother and sister. John speaks with passion Love because them. he's out there in the field well, you know, as you ladies are. I say are. this when I do uh, training sessions with the LVNs and the CNAs, the folks who work in the facilities, and I tell them, I stop and I'll point to one of them and I'll say, did you drive in here today? And they'll say yes. And I said, okay, as an example, you can't go out and get in your car anymore. Mm-hmm. You're not. You can't go to see the kids. You can't go to the movies. You can't go to McDonald's. You can't go buy a pair of slippers. You can't just go visiting. I'm going to tell you what time to go to bed. I'm going to tell you what time to get up. I'm going to tell you what day your shower is. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put before you the food that you're going to eat. The choices are gone. Their choices are gone. What they got? They've got this bed in a room. That's all they have. And, and that loss of freedom is devastating. It, we, we don't think about that, but mm-hmm. your example of the car. Mm-hmm. You know, think what happens, friends, when, when your normal sled conks out, right. you know, right. and, and all of a sudden you don't have a car to drive. You know, it just disables you. You have to And that loss of freedom left. is, is there's tough. There's nothing left. Yeah. That's yeah, right. Exactly. And so then take that poor innocent person and abuse them. Mm-hmm. Strip them of their they dignity and respect. Goes, the only time mm-hmm. I've seen men cry. Even men who have been very ill, is when you take the car keys away from them. Oh, yeah. 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 Take the car keys away. You that's their dignity. That's a yes. that's the last resort they have is gone. Lack of dignity, dignity, respect. That's their sunshine. And, and that's right. Mm-hmm. right. Well, In folks, California particularly, we got to have our cars. You know? Yes, <laughs> indeed we do. I, I just flashed on the little lady with the 57 Chevy. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're with Stanislaw Elder Abuse Prevention Alliance tonight. Pat Fanazia, Delane Olson, and our project's foreman with ABC joins us. Also, John Ingle. And we'll be back with lots more right after this. Deep needs, deep hurts, spreading far beyond the government's ability to help. Children, single moms and dads, the elderly, disabled, the homeless. Yet, thousands of resources that can meet those needs are sitting right now in the pews and seats of our churches. The challenge? Activating those resources and connecting them with the people in need. We have a proven solution, advancing vibrant communities. We bridge the gap. We connect people and churches with opportunities to serve the needs of their neighbors. Pure, simple, proven effective, advancing vibrant communities. What's our motivation? Jesus' command in Matthew 22:39 to love your neighbor as yourself. The church at large has a biblical mandate to serve the needs of the community. Advancing Vibrant Communities researches those needs, then finds volunteers with the skills and passions to meet those needs. The very first story that Mike told about ABC involves serving one of my church members whose needs I could not meet. 
within my own community. And in that moment, God humbled me and asked me to open my heart and really listen. And as I saw the setup of the database, I realized that AVC is a wonderful partner with my own congregation. It helps us be more effective. This organization comes along and says, I'll do a lot of the groundwork and we'll discover the needs. And then those folks in your congregation who desire to be a part and who have these skills can volunteer. AVC partners with over 80 community and government agencies to help meet the needs of the city. We network with organizations like Habitat for Humanity, the American Red Cross, Salvation Army, the Area Agency on Aging, the School District, and the Police Department. Habitat and AVC is a perfect match in that we both have common missions of helping people get out of the four walls of the church, getting out into the community and helping others. AVC serves volunteers by finding ways for them to help others. ABC serves the needy through volunteer efforts with love, grace, mercy, and compassion. ABC serves churches by augmenting efforts to reach out and meet the needs of their neighbors. ABC serves businesses by helping create healthy neighborhoods, by connecting employees with opportunities to volunteer, and by providing opportunities to donate goods and services to legitimate needs in the community. You know, some of us can do donate a little money, some a little time, some one or the other or both. It really touched my heart that these strangers were interested in me and what I needed in my life. You know, it's not only hearing it, but it's seeing them, and it's being there in person and seeing the, the need that they have and hopefully being able to do something about it. I will tell you, as you know, your chief of police in the city of Modesto, we need your help in the community making a difference. Volunteer, I know we can put you to work. And I, I promise you, if you get involved, you'll feel better. You'll be happier. How can we partner with you to meet the needs of our city? We ask you to consider monthly financial support and to help recruit more volunteers. Advancing vibrant communities. Faith in action. Pure, simple, proven effective. Carrying out the biblical mandate to love our neighbors as ourselves. Thank you. And we're back with you on Lighthouse Live. Great to have you with us as we discuss a topic about elder abuse tonight and some of the stories that uh, we relate are not always kind and, and, and pleasant and, and, and good to hear. We don't want to have our ears tickled. We really want to get the facts and, and face this situation head on. And we're going to ask our projects foreman, John Engel, uh, to share with us. John, we know that as you're out and about uh, daily in the field that you see a lot of things and you have a, a story that you'd like to share with us tonight. Here's a uh, uh, mom calls in and we're, we're talking seniors now. She's a senior. She calls in and she says, uh, I need some help, uh, and et cetera, et cetera. And, and uh, we, uh, we go out and we see what the problem is. Well, it is a big problem. She can't get in the house. She can't get out of the house. The back steps are like, are, 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 are like cliffs. They're like scaling down a cliff to get down. It's an old house. The, the, the distance between one step and the other is 11 inches. That's a long ways when you've got, when you've got arthritis and you've got senior problems, 
stepping like that. Dad tries to get out in the backyard. He's got to take care of the dog every day. He's got to get the garbage out. She's got to get the garbage out. He's squeaking. He can hardly walk. So anyway, here's what we're going to put a ramp in. Okay, we're going to put the ramp in. No problem. No problem. Where about your sons? You have two sons. Yes, I have two sons. They're very busy. They don't live here, and they're very, very busy. They work all the time. So no help. All kinds of problems around the house. Sink problems, toilet problems. Where are the sons? Well, they come up and visit once in a while, but there's no help. There's no help. We took care of the problem. We took care of the problem. We got the ramps going, and they can get up and down now. Another, another case, the gentleman said, I used to be able to do these kind of jobs, but I can't do them anymore. And I've got the rickety stairs, and I'm afraid of them. And they were rickety. So I said, okay. I said, you have any family? Do you have a son? Do you have any sons that know how to do it? Yes, I do. I have two sons. I said, are they local? Or they live around here? One lives here. One's a few miles away. I says, well, why can't they do it? Well, they don't come over very often, actually, and, and uh, when they do, they don't ever have any time to help me. Uh, Dad's alone. So here's the case where these children are not seeing the problem, correcting the problem. Dad leans on the banister, and over he goes because the banister's rotten. Miraculous. He doesn't get hurt. He doesn't get hurt. You think that would really shock him, but it doesn't. They put up a rope. Instead of doing something right, they put up a rope. What about paying for it? It, it, It's so upsetting that it's hardly hard to talk about it, actually. It's it's really difficult. Let's talk about how you ladies come in at this point. And and let's say we we have a... uh, uh, a major abuse situation, but uh, and, and let's say it's it's John, you know from ABC here, or maybe it's a neighbor who wants to remain anonymous. Talk to us a very a little bit about the confidentiality here. Yes. Um, if if it's the victim, if it's a neighbor, you know, do they have any protection at all in in terms of uh, having their identity remain confidential? Definitely. Um, any report made to say Adult Protective Services. Um, is a confidential report. Um, the name, the person can remain anonymous and most definitely would. Um, so they should never fear, you know, to not report something that they are concerned about. And when you talk about reporting something, um, we talk about suspicious um, abuse. It does not have to be, you know, right in front of your eyes. If you just suspect abuse, you can report it. And again, it can, you will remain confidential. Is there a phone number, Delane, where? There is call? an 800 number. Okay, and that number is? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll find out and, and, and get that number to you. Pat, you wanted well, to say? Well, we all deal with confidentiality. Yes. It's the same thing, you know, in, in our line of work. Everything is held in confidence. So we don't have to worry about, well, we can't, first of all, because of the confidentiality laws. So we, we cannot give names. Mm. We can talk about happenings, but we cannot give names. Can you ladies be reached? Are there are yes. people welcome well, to call you? Yes, I'm reachable off of these numbers Let's here. give that number. 
Uh, and I also have, a, I think the crisis line is on there. I have a 24-hour crisis line as well. That number would be 529-3784. That's, That's correct. Okay. That gets delayed nor myself. 209-529-3784. And, and again, we, we hope that you would respond and, and call in with that crisis in that situation. Well, you know, we're talking about these scams and about these home repairs. We had the one where the guy went over to repair the lady's roof at the mobile park. Mm. And he Just tore it so off. Many of those. <laughs> yeah, he tore it off and didn't put it on. The next time he went back, he tore some more off and didn't mm-hmm. put it on. And every sure. time he tore some off, it cost her more money. And she didn't have a roof. Mm-hmm. Well, and she had to call him in the first place because she was about to be evicted from the mobile home park mm-hmm. because of the rules there. You know, her home had to be um, updated to a certain point. And so she called this person in. And like Pat said, he'd come and do a little bit and tear more off and ask for more money. Very, very And sad. as it was, he left her, I think he left half the side of her mobile home open. Now, Del- Delaney and Pat, our, our footprint, uh, our radio signal goes all over uh, northern and central California and actually the uh, the podcasting network around the world. But let's just talk about California here. Are there similar types of programs in, in other counties? I would imagine there's probably an adult protective services agency in almost mm-hmm. every county. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are there uh, is there an ob- ombudsman type? Yeah, uh, we're, we're in every county as well. Okay, great. Yeah, because we're under the Department of Aging, so it's actually a government. Set up. Now, where would someone, for example, out in the Bay Area or maybe even in, in Fresno County, where, where would they start uh, if they want to get a hold of an organization like yours? Where should, where should they start? They're listed in every county. Mm-hmm. And they would or look they can under also the... call Sacramento, but we are listed in every county. There's an ombudsman in every okay, county. Okay, what would they look under to, to find that information? Ombudsman. Okay. That's, That's another program. funny word. Um, yeah. Yeah. It means advocate. Advocate. Yeah. There we go. Now we I know what it means. I was told it was Swedish, just... and I had a man correct me and say it was mm-hmm. Finnish, so I, I'm not sure what it is. The licensed facilities also have posters up, and every licensed facility, they're required to have posters mm-hmm. up, talking about the ombudsman, what the ombudsman Great. does, awesome. and giving Good. a number Super. to call. Very so. quickly, for volunteers who want to make a difference, what would you suggest, and how would you encourage us to get involved and help out? Well, we have a 36-hour training program okay. that we train at our office on 12th Street. And after the 36 hours, then they're certified by the state to be certified ombudsman. Uh, they are also then assigned to a facility. They all have their own facilities that they go in on a regular basis and take the abuse that they see in there or the abuse that comes into us by telephone or the SOC 341, which is a mandated reporter. You know, we're given clear-cut instructions in the Bible how to treat one another, and this includes our precious elderly population, treating them with honor, gentleness, and love. Pat Fanazia, Delane Olson, and John Engel, we just want to thank you for what you've contributed to to this week's broadcast. There's one word I'd like to say, and if every senior was treated with it, we wouldn't have abuse, and that's the word dignity. Dignity and respect. Thank you for listening. We (laughs) pray that you have a very blessed week, and uh, join us again next time. Until then... May God bless you.